Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 11th. My name is Eric McCardle. And I'm Will Gibson. Today, we're going to talk about using a top-down approach when investing and specifically when using the Dorsey Wright research methodology. You know, and one of the benefits to that methodology is having a rules-based systematic approach to making decisions. An easy way that we can quantify that is by using scores, such as the fund score, which is applied to every mutual fund or ETF on the system and ranges from zero to six, with six being the best, as well as our technical attribute rating system that we apply for individual equity positions with a zero to five range, five being the best there. And when we're investing with that methodology, with those scoring mechanisms, and ultimately with different aspects of the technical picture, there are times where even with a rules-based approach, we come across kind of a gray area, right? Something that may be right on the edge of, you know, actionable or on the edge of playing defense with. And we just want to walk through a couple of those examples and how we might view those situations. So to start, Will, we're looking at the chart of Adobe. What do we see interesting there? So what's interesting is on the backdrop of a really strong market, as we've seen, posting substantial gains on the year, a lot of individual charts look good. So in specific reference to Adobe, if you pull up the chart, which we'll show, you'll notice a period of multiple consecutive sell signals. In fact, we'll see five consecutive sell signals from July of 2019 ending in October of 2019. And so if you're looking exclusively at the chart here, um, you see, wow, this, this doesn't look like a very strong or favorable technical picture in the near term. So in the midst of that five consecutive sell signals, we see that Adobe remained a strong attribute name. In fact, when clicking on that attribute, so if you click on that green five right now for Adobe, it'll it'll show the history of of, of the security from an attribute perspective. And when pulling that up, we see that Adobe has been a strong attribute name since October of 2012, perhaps residing in in a more stable attribute or stable technical security. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important point to make where there are stable and more speculative plays, where when you're viewing a security through that top down, the chart may look um, suggestive one way or another, but beginning by looking at the perhaps history of the technical attribute, um, how frequently it would change from healthy, unhealthy, etc. And one more point on the specific chart of Adobe. Throughout those sell signals, we saw that it didn't even move. It it, it didn't even fall in technical a- attribute. So the point being, it's important when you enter a security to have that top-down approach and then furthermore have perhaps an exit plan in, in place. Uh, how much would you be comfortable um, taking as a loss in, in a particular se- security? And as wisely and honestly kind of comically said earlier when looking at this chart five consecutive sell signals is again nothing to shrug off Um, perhaps thinking from an in analogy if you're in the car maybe pump the brakes (laughs) meaning if you're long this stock perhaps not be adding exposure at this time however from the overall technical perspective, it didn't really warrant something to get out of in the, in the, in, in the meantime. Yeah, well, well said. I, I like the analogy. And I think 
you know, you mentioned having a game plan in place for before when this happens, right? Because when the market sells off and or fluctuates as it tends to do, it can get emotional, right? And so I think it's beneficial to have a stop loss or an exit point in mind. You know, again, I, I think coming back and saying, okay, I have a discipline in place, but understanding that, you know, a top-down approach is really important for managing a position efficiently. So good thoughts on that one, Will. Now, another one we want to look at is Berkshire Hathaway. So ticker BRK, and we're going to look at the B share class for this, so dot B. And Berkshire is an interesting example of another stock that looking top down has done very well for a long time, right? Had traded in a positive trend for nearly the last decade up until recently when the stock broke a triple bottom in August, returning to a sell signal for the first time in 2019 and then violating that long-term bullish support line. And this is an interesting example because you'll often hear us say you don't want to own a stock in a negative trend. In fact, a lot of folks will use that bullish support line as an exit point for a position, right? We talked about a stop loss earlier. But in the case of Berkshire, despite that return to a sell signal, despite that flip to a negative trend, when you look at the longer term trend and the longer term picture for the stock, you really don't see too much of a different picture, right? The trend line is somewhat of a general, you know, generalized rule or tool that we give you all. But when I th- when you look at this with a little bit of nuance and say, okay, everything seems to be relatively intact, you may have a second thought about the position as far as exiting, right? And so when we look at Berkshire, has since reversed back up into X's, returned to a buy signal with a triple top break at 220 and is a four attribute name again with a positive trend, right? With that trend reversal. So, you know, it's important, I think, again, just to kind of have a little bit of nuance, these are some examples that we get calls on on occasion. And, you know, there's no, while we like to say that there there are rules, right? From the, the scoring aspect or the trend aspect, sometimes you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, right? Yeah, and Eric, another name that comes to mind kind of on this topic of nuance would be the stock of Coke. So when pulling up the security, you see right now that it's a three, four, five, and the chart itself looks looks strong from a technical perspective. Been in a positive trend since October of 2010. Now you come in perhaps, and you say you're you know playing the piano with two hands, as we like to say. You got your fundamentals on one side, technicals on the other. You come in perhaps at the beginning of 2019, and the fundamentals check out for you, where Coke is a an advantageous buy, we'll say, and then you come in and say, ah, it's it's a two for five. I can't buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, if if that's your process, if you're only owning for attribute, maybe so. But now on the topic of nuance, you come in and note the chart looks strong despite its perhaps low attribute rating. It has been making higher tops, low lower bottoms, and in fact, it just returned to a buy signal in June of 2019. Um, so suggesting that. This stock still holds technically, even though it hasn't translated through perhaps to that overall TA rating yet. Um, and I think Eric, you, you have some more thoughts on, on that as well, right? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, one thing to consider, you know, you mentioned returning to a buy signal in June, and the stock was at that point testing an all-time high, was still a two for fiver, right? And when we look under what's actually driving those technical attribute ratings, 
the points that we're missing out on are the relative strength components. So you think about relative strength and, and the denominator or the benchmark that we're comparing a security against is the S&P 500 equal weighted index. So having that bit of knowledge and understanding that that is a, an index that is more uh, price return rather than a stock like Coke that has a 3% yield, perhaps more total return investment, it's apples to oranges in a sense. And, and again, it's uh, with the technical attribute rating, that's more of a general tool to try and give you something that can easily score across the site and make uh, decisions very quickly and efficiently. But when you look at Coke and you say, okay, knowing that this is a growth and income play, perhaps my benchmark might be better served as something that's more growth and income oriented, such as a blended 60-40 product or index or something that is maybe more akin to um, a basket of stocks that Coke might fall into, right? It's a dividend paying group. So again, back to your point, you look at the longer term technical picture, the stock is, is strong, it's reaching new all time highs, eventually exceeding those highs, trading in a positive trend on a long term basis. And this looks like a winner, right? All things considered, you have a client who comes to you and says, hey, I like Coca-Cola, and you pull up the chart and look at it and it's a two for fiver, well, that's okay, right? We take that, that longer term picture into consideration and adjust to incorporate a little bit of nuance and make the right decision for the client. So like anything, right, it, it's helpful. These are some of the conversations that we're having with you all where you know not everything is gonna fit into a box and that's okay. And we wanna be honest about that and talk about ways that you can you know, accommodate your process to have a little bit more of a, let's say, reasonable approach to positions that are in the gray area, right? So, Correct, yeah. So with that, we encourage you, send us an email at dwa at dorseywright.com or give us a call at 804-320-8511. If you have any positions like these that are a little bit in the gray area, and you want a second opinion on, the analyst team here is always happy to share our, our perspective on it and hopefully guide you in the right direction. So with that, Will, thanks for joining me. For you all, we'll talk to you next week.